Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's a wonderful Saturday night here with my three cohorts. Most of the time, I would say, with the Four Guys Roundtable Show with me, Joe. And we have Darth Pat, who has a, looks like he's giving me a one-eye close, one-eye open type of weird look. He's like, giving me the people's eyebrow. I was going to say, it looks like he's trying to do the people's eyebrow there. Uh, <laughs> with with yeah. squinty eyes. Yeah, <laughs> work to do here we go uh, <laughs> jeremy and hj we got in the house as well uh it's a good saturday night i don't know what the date is what is the date look at my watch oh the 20th of february wow month's almost over but uh yeah how's everybody doing this grand evening wunderbar a-okay oh, that sounds fucking exciting guys <laughs> Just throw, the, just throw the enthusiasm at me. Yeah, Pat, bring it, Pat. Where's that enthusiasm? All right, on this episode, I need you to bring out the Gorilla McBishoff, yeah, bitch. Can we get some Gorilla McBishoff someday? Oh, God. Nope. No. The only way we're getting that is during CWA. We might be able to bring it out then. That's it. Oh, oh. There, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I have at least a clip or two of him and the living legend, uh, giving some give us giving us some uh, commentary. Oh boy, absolutely. You should. There's there's that maybe one. a little Joey the stylist thrown yeah, in there. Yeah, there's that one. There's that one. God, yeah. Oh, there's Lord. one like beginning of one of our events where we introduce like McBishoff and then and uh, Mike and then we did Joey the stylist and he got a huge pop. And Pat with Gorilla McBishop was like, why is why are they cheering for him? <laughs> I must say, I, I I truly I went because I remember watching that as I've been like moving files and stuff over, and I laughed my ass off because there's Joe with his hair pulled back in a pony, <laughs> sunglasses on, and a very nice pink shirt <laughs> that's right not that guys not can't wear, wear pink, pink but uh, there was a specific reason he was wearing the pink shirt and <laughs> to me to me joey the stylist was like lightning in a bottle joe just went with something and it worked like it was not planned <laughs> he just rolled with it and it ended up being a, an announcer character <laughs> so. yeah you know something i was thinking about i was like ah screw it let's try and see what happens <laughs> i jeremy i don't know if i i think it's on one of those CWA discs, but when you come across that promo where Joey the Stylist and Gorilla McBishoff are picking their teams for Deadly Elimination, that promo was hilarious. Joe's got this like scarf on. <laughs> I think I remember that. Yeah. See, it, see, this is the thing that sucks is I don't remember a lot of that. I don't remember <laughs> a lot of the shit I did. That, I, that you promo know, is so much fun and i was the one interviewing the two of them so for me i was like trying to keep a straight face the two of them were absolute entertainment like pat played the perfect like foil to joe's like character because mcbishoff was kind of becoming a heel at that point a little bit and joe was the face and the banter between the two of them and joe with this like whole i know fashion and you don't <laughs> Well, and I gotta find a I gotta find a pick of because we had this tiny ass microphone that we used like it, it didn't it wasn't hooked the, up to the anything one that looks, but that Pat it's like looks like you can, you can 
barely see the microphone when he's holding it. <laughs> I, I gotta get a still pick of that because oh, it looks man. like it looks like a little kid's toy. <laughs> that's I think that's the microphone he's holding when you make him sing cherry, cherry, cherry or whatever. Yeah. I think he has that microphone then. <laughs> Uh, you sang a song. I don't remember this. These are oh, yeah. parts I, I just don't remember everything. Well, I we just... we've uh, you know when we were imitating characters, we were ripping so much off of like WWE stuff yeah. and, and and that. Yeah, yeah, he did that with the coach. coach. So Pat, Jeremy did it with Pat. Pat did really good singing too. And I forgot you did an outtake on some on one of them. Like, and I was dance. I did the dancing because <laughs> that's how the Rock dances. Yeah. <laughs> there's actually a couple of outtakes from rock ones there was one where we were up in the bedroom with mike and there was a, you have an outtake or two during that one too the one it sounds had, so inappropriate you were up in the bedroom with mike <laughs> and we know mike's gay just the way they came out like whoa we, 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 like, what are you guys doing like, you don't want to quit me or whatever or like he was doing that <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Fans, we were definitely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, hey. shit we did back then. <laughs> it was fun though. Yeah, no, it definitely was. And so uh, we don't want to give too much away, of course, because you know it's, it's going to be an upcoming episode. We're not sure when. There's a lot of files to move over, a lot of stuff to go through. I mean, we had we did a lot of stuff. Two, two years worth of film, it's like, like eight. Not, it's like eight events. So yeah, over we had two, eight it, events. Yeah, and we did it over two years. So there's just so much material to go through. Like I can't like it's amazing. Like ours is not, I mean, it's a lot, but it's not really if you really think about right. it. Right. What WWE has to do or TN, uh, TNA or uh, not TNA, AW, TNA. <laughs> well, in fact, TNA. I, I mean, impact. they still exist, but but yeah. AEW, what they have to go through on a consistent basis to be able to put together packages, that is just, that's team of freaking people just going through video after video and pulling shit and pulling shit and pulling shit it's like oh my god i couldn't even imagine like that would drive me absolutely bonkers like i was like nope not doing that but i we do we got to talk about something and uh aj do you want to ask me the question that i don't want to talk about (laughs) so how did we feel about carson wentz getting traded a couple of days ago and you know what good written you know what Uh, he was a fall guy to, to be fucking honest with you. Everybody, you know, you had so many people that were either one way or the other. Oh, I love Carson. Oh, he's a fucking bum. Um, he got fucking screwed. And so did Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson got screwed because he didn't have enough control over the team because they took power away from him as the head coach. And Carson Wentz became the fall guy because, Hey, we didn't put anybody around you. You're supposed to be a superstar and you weren't a superstar. Well, no offense. You put those weapons on anybody. The only thing they had was a, was a, was a running back. Don't tell me you had grade A receivers. You're fucking full of shit. You wouldn't, no, no team is looking to go after your receivers all, all because they're up for trade. Like nobody's going after them. Nobody's going after Deshaun Jackson. Nobody's going, going on, going after Alshon Jeffries. Uh, nobody is going, the only person they might go after is Zach Ertz. And the reason that Zach Ertz looked like shit this year is because they didn't fucking give him a contract. They didn't even whisper in his ear, hey, this is what we're thinking. So 
are you going to play for a team that doesn't want to fucking sign you after you've given them their heart, your heart and soul for the last like six years? Uh, probably fucking not. So that team this year, in my personal opinion, fucking tanked on purpose. Like that the management purposely gave nobody nothing and expected them to fucking win, which was a goddamn joke. So Carson Wentz, I think is going to come back to bite the Eagles in the ass. And I think he's going to do well in Indianapolis I think he's going to, I think they're going to make the playoffs next year with that team. And I would not be surprised if they're in contention for the Super Bowl next year because the Indianapolis Colts are actually a really good team. And you saw what they did with um, Phillip Rivers. And yeah. I, I, I put if Carson Wentz on a team that's a, that has good weapons and a good offensive line is going to have time to do what he's able to do and he's going to shine and the Eagles are going to get fucking shit because no offense. It fucking drives me nuts. Fucking. um, No, I can't remember his name. I'm so I'm fucking fired up about this shit. Uh, Fucking. uh, They're the the guy that the guy that started um, the last four games, Jalen hurts. Jalen hurts. I'm sorry. I didn't see anything out of him that made him anything special either. He, hey, he had Pat, the same results. Same he's results. More, he's more mobile, but that's about it right now. Yeah. Pat, you feel better like the Giants that are better than the Eagles right now, potentially, right? <laughs> the Giants were better than the Eagles all season, except for in the very well, almost all season. Second half of the season, they were better than the Eagles way by far. Giants have a long way to go. But they got a quarterback they can build around. I that was I think the shortest that, pan uh, answer Pat's ever given. Maybe we I don't we, this is this is going to be a make or break year for Daniel Jones. If he doesn't really show some progress, then the Giants are probably going to be back to the drawing board in terms of a quarterback. So, yeah, but they haven't given him given him a big contract either, right? He's is he still under his rookie contract? Right. Yeah. 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 And see, there's the other thing. Why the fuck did the Eagles give Carson Wentz that big ass contract and then fucking kick him to the curb the next season? Like that makes absolutely no sense. Like here, we're going to give you a hundred and thirty million dollar contract, and oh no, nope, never mind. We're going to screw you and ship you off to somewhere else, and we're going to eat like somewhere around thirty thirty million dollars in cap space. Thirty like thirty four million dollars in dead cap like, they have. Like what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that. It, I think I saw that it's going to be the uh, biggest dead money hit ever. Yeah, yeah. They're fucking, it's they're a it bunch is. of they're a bunch of and excuse my language on excuse my wording on this, but they're a bunch of fucking retards in that goddamn organization. <laughs> They really are. Like, how stupid can you be? Tell us how because, you really feel. Because they're there. here's and no doubt, uh, mark my words. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I will admit it. And I will come on here and admit it that I'm wrong. They're going to draft a quarterback in the upcoming draft. They will draft another freaking quarterback. They will. Because they they're that dumb. <laughs> I mean, if you want, we can just trade you Nick Foles for you know Jalen Hurts. <laughs> that was one of the trades that they're talking about. They were talking about picking up Nick Foles. I'm like, are you freaking stupid? He's going to fail in this system. He doesn't have anybody to pass to. It's yeah, a terrible I, system. I, I, that was a rumor because I, I read that uh, uh, one of the shows I watched. Uh, Bears never even offered the Eagles anything because <laughs> because they were they were they were looking to see what the Colts were offering, and they were kind of like, no, we're not we're not we're not going that far for that. No. It, so yeah. We still, you know, have Nick Foles and nobody else. So yeah, the, it's oh. it's the night it's the night before elimination chamber and WWE scrambling to fix their card again. So Uh-oh. people out with COVID. 
No, uh, Lacey Evans is pregnant. Oh, well, hello. She's like legitimately pregnant, even though WWE is trying to make it seem like Ric Flair impregnated her, which is disgusting. Uh, at this point. I hate when they do storylines like that. That's just, oh, God. That's freaking nasty. I I only have one thing to say to the possibility of 60-whatever-year-old Ric Flair impregnating Lacey Evans. (laughs) Woo! Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So they got to fix that tomorrow night, and then Keith, I don't know if Fanass is going to wrestle or not. I don't know what his issue is. Supposedly Vince isn't happy with him, which is fantastic because I've already said that he's garbage. So mm, chocolate titties. <laughs> Sis, wow, oh man, I, might, I might start calling Keith Lee that. I'm gonna have oh to my God. that's his new nickname. <laughs> <laughs> that was some wisdom from Pat tonight. First we had Mark Henry as the sexual chocolate. Now we've now got we Keith Lee, Lee as the chocolate, chocolate titties. titties. <laughs> wow. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Anything else not... going on in uh, wrestling news? <laughs> sure uh, I, mean, I think tomorrow night. Oh well, <laughs> Sting took a big power bomb bump this week. <laughs> Everybody held their breath as Sting took a power bomb bump. <laughs> I, know I did. Hey, that's that's scary. That's not that's not good. <laughs> he landed. He landed properly. So, but still. It's kind of like, uh, why did you do in, that? In two weeks at the pay-per-view, when he gets thrown through a table, whatever they're going to do with him then, you're going to be cringing a lot in that match, Joe. Um, probably not going to be able to watch too much of it. It's going to be bad, bad and, for me. And what what does Sting, like, honestly, what does Sting get out of it by doing that? Like, what does he get out of it? I, I mean, I what's the point? I don't, I don't necessarily like Well, besides Sting. money. But I do think that he's I, – I actually think he's trying to help AEW. I think he's just trying to help that promotion get more notoriety and stuff. I think his intentions are actually good. So I get, And I get that. I can totally understand that. But with his medical issue – and I know uh, Darth Pat had mentioned it before, and I can't remember – spinal stenosis, right? Yeah. Yeah. That that's just da- super dangerous. Like just falling the wrong way one time on one of those high impact moves. Yeah, he's it's, it's, it's gonna seriously mess himself up, and you know paralysis, whatever could come from that. It's the payoff to help AEW is not worth the health ri- the health and, and self, sa- so safety of himself. It's we're gonna, just nuts. After Revolution, we have forty seven year old Matt Hardy. 51-year-old Chris Jericho and 61-year-old State all fighting at this. We'll see how many old guys are at WrestleMania. Like, uh, guys that are too old that they probably shouldn't be wrestling. Well, I'm waiting for the Triple H storyline to come around that he's fighting somebody because you know he's got to put himself just like The Undertaker. And, I, and The Undertaker was always asked to come back. Oh. Triple H is going to inject himself into yeah, but- WrestleMania. <laughs> If he's injecting himself to put somebody else over, I'm fine with it. If he's injecting himself to shit on somebody, those are two different scenarios. The so. only thing he should be injecting himself into is Stephanie McMahon, all right? Which Let's he does. be fucking honest. <laughs> Which he does regularly. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I knew I knew I knew Theo would love that one. <laughs> look at Pat! Look at Pat! <laughs> That's the 
listening response from that end too. <laughs> Darth Pat's uh, like, oh my god, now I got a mental image and I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's better than saying injected himself into China back in the day. Could you imagine? He's probably like, Stephanie, I'm the game, I'm the game, I'm the game. <laughs> game <Are> over! You- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At the very end, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, we're terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <That's> man. <laughs> what? What was that, Darth Pat? It said, yes, you are. I know. <laughs> My God. That was funny. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, boy. So, anybody else got any, anybody got a story to share? Anything, any breaking news, football, basketball? I caught a little bit of college basketball today. I think it was uh, Georgetown and somebody was playing. I don't know who they were playing. I watched a lot of college basketball today. There was a lot of games on. It's going back and forth. Yeah, nice. Kentucky's on a three-game winning streak for the first time this year. Yeah, uh, AJ's Kentucky team probably had their best game of the season today. <laughs> Legitimately. Might be a little bit too late. I think they would have to win out and win the conference tournament to get in. I don't know if that's. <laughs> is it that far yeah. into the season already? Like they didn't have a late start. They started. Well, they, there's been some they... games canceled. Most uh, teams have had games canceled too. So yeah, yeah some canceled, rescheduled. So March the conference tournament starts. Conference tournament starts March 10th to the 14th. I think everyone's conference tournament starts. So it's pretty okay. soon. So they're pretty much almost at the it's, end of the season. It's also weird because they're doing some spring football in college, too. Like, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Nice. Well, the college basketball season's almost done. Okay. Go ahead, Jeremy. We can, we can, we can go. We're going to start? Should we start? Yeah. All right. Sure. Well, then we're going to start it off like this. Oh, Just to give you guys an idea of what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about, we're going to say the New Age Outlaws. If everybody remembers their entrance, he goes a little something like this in the beginning. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. And with that, Joe, what are we talking about? (laughs) We're talking about the music and entrances. And I just hid myself on accident. (laughs) I was clicking. And I clicked on something wrong yeah. that I do. So that's the only theme music that I can actually do because it actually has words that I remember. So, yeah. But, yes, as Theo mentioned, we are talking about theme music and entrances of our favorite wrestlers, all wrestlers, whoever we want to talk about, because that's what we want to talk about today. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to get a little history on it because um, I know some people would like a little history. Uh, Just a little. Do there's, I don't think there's a time. No, we're, we're, we're going to keep it simple. We're going to keep it going forward. Um, but I'm going to do it in the form. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask Pat some questions because I don't know a whole lot of history in regards to theme music. I know a little bit, but I don't know a whole lot. So we're going to kind of educate our, our, our fans and viewers as well as educate myself a little bit. So theme music entrances. Now wrestlers have always had entrances, um, that's never changed because they've always come out at some way, shape, or form. It's never been like magically they appeared in the ring. Um, unless, of course, maybe you're the Undertaker and then you magically appear in the ring sometimes from beneath the floor. Um, so that's never changed. But what has changed is theme music and actually the way it was used. So 
Darth Pat, help me out a little bit because I know you are a resident historian on all things wrestling um, and among other things. But when it comes to having music to a wrestler, it just kind of started off as regular old music. It didn't really mean much. It was just a way to let them know that a wrestler was coming out, not necessarily a particular wrestler. Would I be correct in that, Darth Pat? I'm not 100% sure. I mean, <gasps> the, the history of like theme music with wrestling is something that really didn't start kind of full scale until the 80s. Like back in the older times, um, you know, you had like Gorgeous George would come out to Pomp and Circumstance, which, you know, of course, Randy Savage would use as his theme music for, you know, most all of his career. Uh, but that was kind of a, a unique thing back in the 50s when Gorgeous George was wrestling. In terms of it becoming a little bit more widespread and it bring, and also it branching out from, say, like using like old pieces of classical music to using like rock music, that you basically have to give the credit to Michael Hayes. And okay, so let me stop you there. Records. Okay, so theme music was kind of just blah. It was you know, classical music, boring ass shit that just signified, hey, wasn't okay, super important. Wasn't that. super important. Might it maybe signify mm -hmm. a particular wrestler because of the type of classical music or theme music that was used, but it wasn't used in the sense of a theme music. Like these are the contestants that are coming down at this time, and you got to know who this is because this is their music. But yeah, when it came to was, the Freebirds, yeah, there wasn't like a necessarily like uniqueness to it. Uh, or like an individual yeah individuality to it um because again you know anybody can use just like any piece of classical music and just be like hey that's your entrance uh you know michael hayes i think the way he told the story the way he told the story is that you know he wanted he, he thought like wrestling and rock music were made for each other and you know that they needed to come up with something so uh you know being that they were called you know the fabulous Freebirds. He just thought it was natural that you know, hey, we should be coming out to Freebird, the Leonard Skinnerd song, mm -hmm. and it basically took Fritz von Erich in World Class Championship Wrestling to basically okay it and say, okay, yeah, go ahead, do it, you know, go for it, and you know, it worked, you know, because like, you know, especially after the Freebirds turned heel and everything. So if you're in the Dallas Sportatorium back in say like 1983. And, you know, you're there to watch, you know, the All-American Good Boy Von Erich brothers, you know, wrestle those dastardly, dirty, Georgian, fabulous Freebirds. <laughs> and you hit, and you hit, and, and, and you hear that, that those opening strains of a Freebird come on through the arena. It's going to whip you into a frenzy pretty damn quick. And that was the idea. You know, yes. it was, it was really meant as a way to, you know, you start playing that music, you get the crowd hot one way or the other, depending upon who's coming out. And, you know, you kind of went from there. And then it didn't take long for the Freebirds to, you know, come up with their own theme. You know, they, they did the uh, the Bad Street USA. Yeah, fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let, yeah. me, let me interrupt you there, okay? Yep. So now we have theme music. Um, identifying particular wrestlers or tag teams or, or however you want to define, you know, that particular group of people or person. But that's not really, it wasn't really like an entrance 
yet. It was just like theme music. Okay, now I know who's coming down to the ring at this point in time. They're announcing the actual person because I've seen some of the Freebirds matches against the Von Ayers because those are the most popular ones. So those are the ones that you can pretty easily find. Uh, and they just kind of walked down to the ring, did their, you know, Michael Hayes, of course, did his strut kind of like a chicken strut, you know, um, and that was it. Like there was nothing spectacular about it. There's no fireworks or anything like that. But at this point in time, this is when theme music um, is evolving. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it, it still didn't, it still didn't exist as like kind of its own thing, like its own entity uh, for, for a few years. I mean, other promotions saw what, what world-class was doing. And so they started to, you know, they started to come up with, you know, just like it, giving more guys theme music. But again, maybe it probably wasn't specifically meant for them. Like they would have, like they might partner up with like a rock group and have them record a song, um, you know, things of that sort. Uh, it probably really wasn't until you had the combination of, and I don't know if they ever really worked together. Um, but Jim Johnston and Jimmy Hart and WWF really starting to crank out like theme music that was meant for specific wrestlers. Okay. Some of that stuff, you know, they would do in house as WWF started to evolve with that. And, you know, some stuff they would get like, you know, they would still get like outside groups and everything. Like, you know, at first Hulk Hogan used, you know, the, the song from, you know, from, from Rocky. Uh, you know, he used the uh, the Eye of the Tiger song. Mm-hmm. Yep. Entrance at, was, was his entrance at first. So, yeah, you could argue it fit him, um, but it was you could not necessarily say it was meant for him. Right. Yeah. So now, so just to kind of touch on that point, and if anybody else wants to jump in at any time, feel free to. Um, but you're talking, so we're talking, theme music was essentially picked as kind of, you know, here's a song that, I, you know, we think would fit you. And this is before all the problems, all the issues that would come about with copyrights and paying me for the use of my song and stuff would come around uh, later on and probably like the early nineties um, with all that. And so this is just, you know, Vince or, you know, whatever production or entity saying, okay, this is, we, we, we think you could come out to this song. We think it would fit your personality your you know, persona, your gimmick or whatnot. This is before the um, Hulk Hogan um, real American song and all that stuff, which was tailor made uh, for them. And, and, you know, like you said, uh, what was it? What was the guy's name from WWE? Um, Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson start because I know he produced a ton of fucking entrance musics, a ton of them. So Darth Pat. Yeah. Continue, sir. Well, um, I mean, as far as like copyright and, th- and things like that, I mean, you know, they would pretty much have to get permission to use somebody's theme music. Um, and they like, um, oh shit, who the hell is it? Oh, Ricky, Ricky Steamboat. He was in WWE. He used that song that Chicago uh, Bulls used, Michael Jordan's entrance. Yeah, right. Um, I can't remember the name of it as I know it's by the Alan Parsons Project. It's had like electronic music that goes like down, 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 down. Yeah, I can't really do it. My 
voice to try to sing anymore shot anyway because of my surgery so um but they could use it to like play it but if you go back and you watch any wwf show event pay-per-view on the network now where steamboat was on during his initial run there from you know like 85 to 88 Mm -hmm. uh you will not hear that music because they don't have the rights to use that music on the streaming service which is weird because i understand from what i understand it's not as hard to get clearance to use music when you're just using it on a streaming service but maybe it's because you know they they did put some of those events out on like dvd first i don't know for sure Mm -hmm. but they have like a dubbed in theme which ironically is a theme that i also know uh the nfl films has used because like the music that they use for steamboat dubbed in they also nfl (laughs) films used on this is just kind of a funny story on a uh the the the, uh, the the year review tape for the 1990 Giants when they won their second Super Bowl, mm-hmm. they used that piece of music in a segment of the uh, the NFC Championship game highlights against the 49ers, where it was showed like where the Giants were coming back in the game, like like their fake punt that they pulled in the game, and then culminated with when Leonard Marshall uh, just absolutely destroyed Joe Montana with a with a pretty vicious hit, which knocked Montana out of the game and almost ended his career. So. Um, yeah, that's just kind of interesting that like I recognize that music. Uh, yeah, one of the other famous, just kind of as an aside, I mean, one of the other probably more famous uh, examples of WWE, and this was WWE because it was at the one night stand, the first one night stand pay per view. They used Enter Sandman for the event and live and everything, and so it made the entrance really cool. But if mm-hmm. you go pull that up on the network right now, of course, you're not going to hear Enter Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, yeah it's it's it, it, it's it's a dubbed in thing and you and they even have to like turn down the crowd singing along with it and everything it really lessens the impact of the entrance because it was a pretty cool entrance for what was a mm-hmm. you know the culmination of a pretty special night there but yeah they just don't have rights for everything and that is one of the reasons also why vince did really ramp up producing his own music and that's something that still largely is continued on today. I mean, Jim Johnson's not with the company anymore. They've, they've switched to other people. And some of the things that they'll do now is like, they'll go out and they'll like partner with a group and say, you know, Hey, uh, produce a, a theme song for this person or that person. Uh, and they'll get permission to use it. Yeah. And they don't have like those same issues. Like they don't have those same copyright issues because they're basically like kind of like commissioning the yeah. song themselves. Uh, yeah there are still some instances where i think the song may have existed first and then they decided to pick it up like a bray wyatt's theme i think that existed before they picked it up but they i think they made some kind of deal with the group to i don't know if it was like that where like purchase the rights to it it almost seems like that because they're using a variation of that theme for bray now it's not the same original theme um, but it is, you know, it's the same like basic melody and lyric yeah. and everything, just just remixed. So I, I think that's kind of what their uh, their overall uh, mo is now. I guess. Oh well, yeah, say. they took they put Snoop Dogg on Sasha's music, and her music is fucking amazing now. Like she has one of the best entrance musics there is right now. So when it comes, so we have theme music, but that is not the all it is in regards to a person coming down the ring there's the full-on entrance and like i said 
you go back and you watch the Freebirds, you see them walking down. It was kind of the thing. That's pretty much what a lot of people did. They just walked down to the ring to their, you know, now that they have entrance music or theme music, now they're just walking down to the ring. And it's like, okay, sure. But then becomes the full on, full blown like entrance. Like I am coming down to the ring. I am a presence. I'm a character. I'm the, you know, pay attention to me. Um, and the person I, and I know it wasn't the first person and I'm sure Darth Pat, besides a couple few, few people entrance entrances really did start happening in the, in the eighties. Like that's when entrances really became a thing. Cause I can remember uh, macho man. He had an entrance. It wasn't just him walking down the ring. He did, you know, he spun with his cape and, you know, and all that. And like, well, you're you not know. everybody, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it was it was a different experience and you knew the macho man was coming down because you knew his music and you waited for him to come out and come out with miss elizabeth and you know do his whole theatrics as he came down to the ring the whole point and everything getting up on the rope and you know that was an entrance now you're talking entrances now i can't say exactly when entrances really became like a thing for every wrestler or a majority of wrestlers. We know there was a couple few that did it, you know, way back. I, I'm sure um, not. Uh, what was it? You said gorgeous George in the fifties, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he had an entrance. Cause he was like a, like the flamboyant kind of character. Yeah. But, you know, other than those select fuse few eighties was uh, probably mid eighties. I would say somebody helped me out maybe. Because yeah. Probably. Yeah, Probably. mid to late 80s, I think pretty much everybody had a type of theme music to come out to. And then actually had like their whole entrance drawn out, yeah. like this is how I'm going to come down to the ring and, you know. And if you were a jobber, you just were in the ring already. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the day of the jobber. I do. I miss the if day of the, the jobber. If you were the Brooklyn Brawler, you were already in the ring in your torn <laughs> Yankee shirt. <laughs> I'm telling Good you, I miss, the, the I miss the days of the de- jobber. Come on, I mean, Barry Horowitz, probably one time. of the greatest jobbers of all time. We still get jobbers from time to time. Yeah, but that's Sometimes just talented. WWE and NXT, we get them. Yeah, but, yeah, but I was going to say, most of, the, most of the jobbers that I've seen, if you want to call them jobbers, excuse me, are just the guys that haven't gone over with the crowd, and they're just like, oh, we're just going to have this guy beat your ass for a little while. <laughs> Yeah. The last great, de- the last great jobber though that we got to see that we personally knew was Danny Danger. <laughs> I mean, that is true. He was on ECW TV getting thrown around by Ezekiel Jackson. So yes, 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 he did. It was cool to see him on TV. Absolutely, I recorded that cool. show too. <laughs> I recorded I that back, one. At, it's on the network, so it's you can go back on the network and find it. So. Yes. Was that that was one of their weekly shows, right? Yes. Yeah. God, I had to find that. I'm gonna search that. <laughs> I showed it. I, I found it because I showed it to Eli once. Well, so. I remember I remember the whole story too because he didn't even have his own tights. They had to give him tights or something like that because they didn't like his tights or some shit like that. <laughs> and he just got thrown around by Kozlov <laughs> and Ezekiel Jackson. Yes. Yeah, that's just man. Like when you get thrown around by a big two big dudes like that, that's just a little bit talk about just you know getting your foot in the door, but then to have to job to those two guys. Jesus Christ! And then you had back the building on him. <laughs> back to the as much as I as much as I don't particularly like Hogan, I do think Hogan made like the entrance cool and the entrance. Like I definitely think that he 
made that stuff like mainstream and cool and all that stuff. He definitely probably gets a lot of the credit for that. So, Oh yeah. You have to. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I, you know, (laughs) he can just, when Hogan was fired up, I mean, when he was fired up and he's coming down and he's like, (laughs) you know, throwing the fingers out his hair, you know, the bandana is going crazy because he's shaking his head and, you know, his, you know, he's bald as hell, you know, (laughs) already. And he's only like, what was he like 30 in the, in the, in when he was wrestling in the eighties. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah, uh, he was, he was playing the crowd already with his theme music coming out from the back. Him and Macho Man were the first, I think the, the ones who really put it well, on. And probably Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and w, he was just in a different, but Ric Flair's. NWA, WCW. Yeah. 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 Ric Flair definitely was that person over, over in the other wrestling that was drawing attention to himself. Oh, yeah. He was, he took, what was it? Uh, the Space Odyssey well, he took yeah, uh, uh, the Nature Boy, somebody else's like whole kind of Buddy Rogers thing. or Buddy Rogers. Boy, Buddy Rogers. I don't know if Buddy Rogers ever used the music. music and then, yeah, obviously they they see with Flair, they, they just took a piece of classical music and they took the, you know Strauss's also Sprock's Arastrusha, which was you know was famously you know and uh, tied to I can't think of the right word. Damn it. Uh, you know, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and that's probably how everybody knows. It's like, oh, it's the music from 2001. Um, you know, they, they tie that to Flair pretty early on, and that's basically been his, you know, theme music for his entire career, except his, uh, you know, his initial WWF run, um, where they, you know, kind of created something that more or less sounded like it, but without being it. Um, but yeah, so, so Flair had that, like, yeah, in terms of, like, kind of marrying like you know like an attitude to the theme music and like the way they would like enter the ring and everything but yeah flair hogan savage roddy piper too because yeah. roddy, roddy roddy piper had that certain way of walking down to the ring especially you know his uh his initial heel run you know in the mid 80s you know where he'd always just kind of walk out with that big smile on his face and his head just kind of going back and forth like he <laughs> like he like he knew everything yeah. that the audience didn't know and everything so uh you know that that really happened and then because again if, if you go back and you watch some of those early shows again when you when earlier shows when guys don't have theme music you know yeah they, they just they just kind of walk to the ring when guys have theme music they start applying you know some kind of like histrionic to it or or just some kind of general attitude um you know like um uh I, I think he started doing it before he had the theme music that we all kind of know with him, but uh, Jake Roberts, you know, he, he would always have that slow methodical walk to the ring because that was like, his character was always like, you know, cold as ice and everything. And yeah, you know, he had that, you know, kind of, kind of slithery kind of almost creepy kind of theme music. And then of course, you know, when he would enter the ring, you know, he always like entered the ring, you know, under the bottom rope. You know, and they just he always kind of slid into the ring, you know, like a snake and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, he would never walk up onto the apron and then walk between, like, you know, the second and third ropes, like most every, like most everybody does. So, yeah, um, you know, it was, there, there's a certain attitude to it. And um, the one guy who I think you could kind of almost mark as maybe like another turning point in how the entrance becomes married to the theme music in the sense of 
the way that you enter the ring reflects the theme music is obviously the ultimate warrior because yeah he was next to my list <laughs> he comes he comes running to the ring you know at three thousand miles an hour well you've got you know like like the heavy metal pulsating you know fast paced you know music you know blaring um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's just like a guitar like it's, riff yeah. in the back. It's going to do, 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 do. still love his music to this day. Yeah. And yeah. To, me, to, to me, it really is still one of the best theme musics because, I mean, it's like nobody else could have that theme music, really. It's like that theme music was perfect for the character. And, you know, so that was like, yeah, you know, that was like one of like Jim Johnston's, like, you know, best themes then because of that, because it just, it just, you, you see times, I think, where you maybe like a guy has a theme excuse me, a theme music, and you know, maybe you just feel like it doesn't really necessarily fit that well, or it's mm-hmm. a little forced. Like, I remember, like, when they, uh, I don't mean to pick on this guy, but. No, that's all right. I Go ahead and pick on him. <laughs> I remember when, I remember when they finally gave Hercules theme music when he was. Uh, oh, I don't remember on that. His, on his baby face run in, like, 1989 and early 1990. They tried to give him, a, a like, a theme song that would kind of maybe make you think of, like, you know, Greek gods and, and, and stuff like that. But <laughs> AJ shaking his head. It, it, it was like heavy on like, like like trumpets and like fanfares and like it was like. Yeah, it was like I could like. It just it I, I it felt too forced. Like yeah, I don't really think it really helped. Yeah. Put a time period on here and let's let's go from like eighty five or eighty six to like early nineties. I can count the great theme music on two hands total. So there were not that many. So let's Great go through that. That came yeah, from that time period. It it, it, took, it took a while to really to, to really fully to fully get going. And yeah, I think you have to get into the nineties before you really start getting better. But yeah, in, in the eighties, yeah, it did it did take a little while. All right. So what were some of the games in the eighties had more theme, better theme music than some of the individual wrestlers too? So what were some like so I'll be perfectly honest here with the, with the audience. My, you guys already so know this. Late, when it comes to theme music, I'm like, unless it's a wrestler, I know I, I don't give two shits about so the late, theme music. Late 80s, <laughs> late 80s, we have already touched on most of Hogan, Warrior, Savage, Flair, Jake the Snake. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ricky Steamboat, when he was using the music like that the Chicago Bulls used, like that music was cool. Obviously, yeah. the Bulls and Michael Jordan – has made that music way cooler. <laughs> so, but I liked that music when, when Steamboat was using it. Uh, maybe maybe Ted DiBiase, Beefcake, but there's just not it, a ton it, of... It took a while for them to give DiBiase music, which I never really understood. Like, I don't think DiBiase ever actually got his theme Piper, music. Piper, un- until, like there's... Until, until like 1990 or so. Like, I think before them, DiBiase didn't have music. That was weird. So yeah, the 90s, Piper, it's... Piper, they used it. They used different themes for Piper. Like, like he had a theme on his first round, which was different from on his second round, but both were good. I mean, very backpipe heavy, of course, but you know, junkyard dog had different said. theme music. Yeah, Beware uh, had you know theme music. You knew it was him when he was coming out. Yeah, the bird man. Um, uh, I mean, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the tag teams of that era had good music. I mean, the Heart Foundation had good music. Um, Demolition. Had good Demolition had, had really good music. The Rockers had good. The music. British Bulldogs. Um, yep. Yeah, again, because I mean, the, you were using a piece of classical music essentially there. You you know using Rue Britannia, but again, since the British Bulldogs, it perfectly works. I mean, the, Heart the Heart Foundation music 
hybrid it into Bret Hart's music. So, I mean, that yeah. music's been around for 30 years at this point. Yeah. And I, I always kind of preferred the, the Hart Foundation music slash the original Bret Hart single run music, as opposed to like when he started using the more guitar heavy version. But that, that's me. I don't know if everybody else feels that way. But now we can go, we can get to the 90s because that's when it well, started. I, I, just, I just wanted to mention one other thing. The Fabulous Rougeos had. Mm, yeah, yeah. They had. They did. They they had funny music. They yeah. might be they they might be like like the first group that had like funny theme music because yeah you know, this and this is after they turned heel on the line with Jimmy Hart and everything and they started saying Our that fat? they would be all they what can you hum us a few bars? <laughs> no, because again, like I said, my voice is for trying to sing it pretty much shot. But again, you know they're 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 French. They're two French Canadian guys, but you know they're coming out like you know saying like you know we're all American boys and they were always waving the little American flag. Yes, they were. <laughs> and, like, you know, like the, like, like the lyrics to their like uh, music went like, you know, we don't like heavy metal. We don't like rock and roll. All we like to listen to was Barry Manilow. <laughs> uh, and then, then like after that though, there's a line that's sung in French, which from what I've read, when it's translated back to English is basically them saying, we love pissing people off when we say we love the USA. <laughs> so <laughs> they stuck in a very self-aware line because like, you know, at first, like you're thinking like, what are these guys saying? Like, you know, nobody actually thinks like that, but then they stick in this line, which of course, unless you spoke French, you would never understand it where they're showing that they're fully aware that they're doing it to piss people off. So mm -hmm. you might say it was the first case of like, you know, meta humor in WWF too. So I just, always, I just always found that very funny. Jacques ended up becoming the Mountie and having the greatest terrible music ever. So, because the Mountie yeah. music was fabulously, it was so horrible, it was fabulous. I'm well, the Mountie. Yeah, that was his second theme music. Like at first they gave him like, it was just this kind of weird sounding, you know. I know, I know they, what that was too. So, yeah, but then, but, but then they gave him like the, like the one where it was like, you know, I'm the Mountie, Mount <laughs> you know. Uh, but then the funny thing was when like the, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police started complaining about the gimmick and everything, um, you know, they I don't know if you ever noticed they changed it so where he, like he started saying, "I'm not the Mountie." <laughs> and what was great about that too then is that when he after like he like after his first initial run as the Mountie he was gone for about a year and then he came back with, you know, with Pierre Carlo yeah. as the Quebecers. They reused that same theme music because they still dress like Mounties, essentially, just without right. like that and everything. Um, and so they, they just updated the, that music. So, like, you know, the, the two of them were coming out and it was like, you know, we're not the Mounties. <laughs> but like everything else about it was the same. So, yeah, Jacques, Jacques Rougeau, I guess, was the specialist of the humorous uh, entrance theme, I guess. So what are some other like themes in the nineties then that well, like not attitude era, pre-attitude era that were well before we get into that, let's just say let's just thank our fans for watching. So everybody out there that's watching, everybody that's listening, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, please smash the like button, subscribe, you know, make sure you hit the notification so you don't ever miss. Yeah, smash it. Um to make sure you never miss an episode <laughs> for everybody that's not watching and listening to this. Pat was like stabbing at his screen. Um, 
it just is going to help you not miss an episode. And if you really do like this, share this with other people because we would love for other people to be able to watch us and get the humor out of it as much as we enjoy it. We're hoping you're enjoying it too. Uh, if you're listening, no matter where you're listening, we really appreciate it. Remember, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, and Amazon Music now. So with that being said, oh, and just so everybody knows, there is no Mount Rushmore today. We're actually, uh, our good friend AJ has a really cool question that we're going to answer today uh so you want to stick around for that question and how each one of us actually answers it because i i i actually really like this question because it really really made me think all right so let's talk 90s theme music early 90s before the attitude era we forgot about the Road Warriors from the 80s, too. The Road Warriors. Oh, had oh, really yeah. I, I brought up L.O.D. I yeah, mentioned Theo, L.O.D. Theo mentioned, okay. and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, That's what a music. <laughs> we, we definitely had one of the musics that came out in the 90s that I absolutely hate, that everybody loves, and they love his entrance, and I think it's so overrated, and I hate his music, and I hate his entrance, and I'm so tired of it. And like, that is? I, the Undertaker. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it. I saw okay. it once. So, the first time I saw his entrance, it was cool when I was in like high school. And every time after that, I was like, this is awful. This is boring. This takes 10 minutes for him to get to the ring. Like, it just, I just, I, I had no interest in it because I just didn't, never really liked him. And yes. everybody loves The Undertaker except for me. So, and well, I'm, so- I'm never going to. So change my stripes on that one either so let's know. talk about the under so you saw it once and then you were like okay that's enough for me after it yes. kept on continuing okay so at least you've always except for one time always disliked the undertaker's entrance okay so that's good at least we got a we got a starting point there for me with the undertaker i always enjoyed it when he was let's see undertaker's been wrestling for how many years 20 almost 30, 25, something like that, somewhere around there. So I would say up until he started just doing WrestleManias, when it turned into I'm only going to come back for WrestleManias is when I actually got tired of it because his WrestleMania entrances became so elaborate that it literally took – you know, it never took 10 minutes. We always elaborated on that on our end. We're like, oh, my God, would this ever end? Uh, yeah, I, think it really I think eight to nine minutes is the longest we've timed it at. So I think there was at least one or twice or where it was eight to nine yeah. minutes. It was, it was really long. It was always at least a good five to six minutes. You know, one or two times, it, it definitely did take longer than that. And that's when I really started to get just tired of it. I never disliked The Undertaker, but I just was like, oh, my God, just get down to the ring so we could start the match already. Like, uh, I, I – I could go. I could go. Go to the bathroom. Come back. Make some popcorn before you're down to the damn ring, and we can start. Joe could have went and got food twice. <laughs> yeah, I could have. Could ate my damn food and, and went back and got. That. I know. Everybody <laughs> has their own opinion, one. and I know. I know. I think Joe. I hated him when he was the underbiker. I hated him the most when he was the underbiker. Like I could not stand that version of the Undertaker. Like to me, they completely ruined whatever character he was supposed to be when they turned him into the underbiker. So I think it was just trying to do something different. So I think they felt that his other gimmick was getting a little stale. So it was. They changed it up. I didn't mind that version of him. I was actually kind of getting tired of hearing his old stuff too. So the change was good. I was fine with it. It was better to go through. I mean, that you're stuff. not wrong yeah. about that. Though. That, that statement isn't. Wrong. The, the yeah. thing for me about the early 90s, you know, besides Taker, 
um, you know, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Um, <laughs> Jeremy loves Shawn Michaels music. We can hit on that. We're going to talk about that soon. <laughs> um, and I'm like really WWE in the, in the early nineties, they had so many weird gimmicks going it was, on. It, like, was, it was rough. It was rough. For, for me in the early nineties, the music, the gimmick, the theme music I liked the most all came from ECW. Like Taz, Rob Van Dam, uh, uh, Ray, Sandman. Razor Ramon. I liked Razor Ramon's music. His his music yeah. was cool. So. Yeah, Razor, that's another one I forgot. Razor's music was cool, but most of it came from they were bad. You know, ECW. They, they had, WWE's they had the, worst stretch of theme music actually might have been from like 90 to 94 or 95. It was, it was a yeah. bad bad period of time for them with their music and some of the shit that they were spewing out for us. Yeah. I'd, I'd argue it was maybe a few years after that. I mean, you still had, I, I think you still had some good ones. Like, I always liked Rick Martel's music. I always felt like it fit his character pretty well. Mr. Perfect's music was great. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 liked, uh, I, I liked Rick Flair's WWF music. Um, I liked um, Legion of Doom. I liked um, Big Boss Man is one of the ones I liked. Boss, so I liked Boss, Big Boss Man. Yeah, Boss Man had good music. <laughs> Undertaker had good music. Um, you know, for like you know his first you know characters and everything. It just again, it just fit the character perfectly. Uh, Jesus, I just freaking had it, and now I can't goddamn remember. You mentioned Razor Ramon. DiBiase's was good. Um, F and A. I'm really. But if you're, if I guess the thing, Pat, is if I'm starting to compare this by eras, this the music was worse then compared to like the Attitude Era, or for me compared to like now, like that that time period was was bad. I mean, yeah, yeah, I I I can see that argument too because like for for the for the good ones I mentioned, you had you you had you had a lot of theme music, then they just like became noise in a way. Like Diesel, right? There's, there's not. Um, if somebody's compiling a list of the top fifty theme songs of all time, there's not going to be a ton that came from that stretch. Didn't, well, didn't one, Diesel's? One, one, I have a quick question though, because you mentioned Diesel. Didn't mm-hmm. Diesel's music have a fucking like truck horn in the beginning? Yeah. At first, at first, when he when he was, when he was a heel. So we're talking like when he debuted in like 93 through, you know, like 94, his theme music was literally just like, you know, truck noises. <laughs> That's so, enough. So we don't bad. need to talk about him anymore. We've talked about and, people enough already. So. And then, when, and then, and then, and then when, he, when he turned face is when they added in the whole like, you know, kind of like, kind of like slow blues rock part, which. Let's, for Jeremy's sake, let's. To me, that was just another case of where the music didn't actually really work with the character, the way the character was projected. So we can talk about Sean. His yeah. had well, the same music okay. for years. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. So Michaels has had basically the same music. Of course, you know, first Sherry sang it, but then like when she broke away from him, they changed it so that you know it, it was him singing it and everything. I will be blatantly honest. I have never been a big fan of Shawn Michaels. Music. I don't. I actually. I actually. Yes. I actually don't. He's probably my favorite wrestler, and I don't like his music. I'm not a fan. I'm not an advocate for his music either. 
And you know what? It, and you know what it is for me with him too. It's not so much the music. It's really, it's really more the words. The words are just goddamn annoying. He did. Right. He did have one. Yo. Sexy boy, stop it. <laughs> he did have one of the coolest entrances ever, though, at WrestleMania. He's a he boy toy. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a. Uh, he's a. Uh, he he he's the boy toy. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's what you want to be. Uh, so Sean, I, you know what I, in this seg, this, when we're talking about Shawn Michaels music, I am actually, I, I don't know, Theo, did you enjoy, oh, do, you, do you enjoy, was, and did you enjoy Shawn Michaels theme music? I had no problems with it. I, well, see, I could see, th- this is funny. Like I can picture Joe like dancing to this music and pointing at himself on, <laughs> like, I just see Joe doing, <laughs> doing that whole thing. Like Shawn Michaels. But I just, I, just I, I real quick, I just remember the other person I wanted to mention from like the early 90s yes. was uh, Sid, Sid, Sid Justice. Um, I, I just he came vicious, yeah. Wow, he had already been <laughs> remember that music that much, though. Um, but uh, yeah, like, like, like if you, you know, like if you, reason why. If, if you were to go back and watch WrestleMania 8, you know, it's just like, yeah, he had this like really like, like hard rock theme and everything, which kind of you know, was, so I'm not talking about like the psycho Sid one. But that was also going to lead me to another point I was going to make about music being reused. But we can maybe like wait for that for okay. uh, a little bit. Yes, I would like to finish my point about Shawn Michaels real quick. Okay. It won't take yeah. long. Um, but yeah, it, with Shawn Michaels, like it, it's one of those things. Like when I first started, I was like, "Oh, this is this is this is okay. You know, this isn't bad." But to besides the, who sang the lyrics and you know and that his music has never changed at all. Like it's still the same. Like he's never freshened it up. He's never done anything different. And to me, that's annoying as hell. Like that is literally annoying as hell. Even the undertaker, as much as you don't like the, you know, some people love the undertaker. Some people don't like him. Some people are indifferent. His music's changed slightly here and there throughout the years. Like he's always yeah. freshened it up somewhere or town, more bells, less bells, you know, slower, faster, you know, something's always changed. Sean Michael's music hasn't fucking changed at all. And that's what drives me nuts. Like if he would have changed his music somewhere, somehow, besides who sang the lyrics, at least it would have been something different. I mean, there's one or two. There's other, there's one or two other pretty prominent guys who have basically had the same music. Like Austin, mm-hmm. they tr- they tried to tweak his music and it didn't work, so he's never really done anything with his music. And Triple H's has remained fairly constant. And then, like even that. though even though this uh, this other person had really cool theme music at the start, they changed his other music, and we've been wanting them to change it forever, Mr. Cena, and they're not going to change his time is now bullshit music either so no they won't very true all right darth pat what were you going to you were going to mention something you said i like the horns <laughs> but no um so the wwe also has a tendency to reuse music when it suits their purposes like the usually yeah. Yes, that was one I was see that. That's an example of like the exact same music. Like when the Patriot came in for his run in 1997, they had him use a theme music, which they then gave to Kurt Angle when Angle came in in 1999, which was by as far as I know the exact same music. <laughs> um, 
like uh and i think they did the same thing like when when nature boy buddy landell had a brief run in like 1995 and 1996 they gave him the music that flair used in, in his first run but the other way in which they've reused music is that they'll take a theme and they'll tweak it in some ways and then they'll give it to somebody else so like sid justice's theme they made some tweaks to it they changed the instrumentation slightly and that became kona crush's theme song uh rick martell's theme song they kind of like uh made it a little faster tempoed uh added on a lot more saxophone and it became val venus's theme music uh dean malenko's theme music was reused several years down the road at like a faster tempo and with like a rap beat and it became cesaro's music so it's just kind of interesting that um they'll do that i'm sure there's other examples those are the ones that you know i kind of always know but it, it is always interesting where it's like you see it'll either be that there's generally speaking because kona crush was like the same year as sid justice practically um there'll be like like a several year gap between the two themes being used or it'll be like oh nobody really remembers what that guy's theme music sounds like because he wasn't here long enough or something to that effect so it's funny how they used to do that they don't really seem to do that anymore because again they have you know the different in-house composers and everything now but that's just something that i always found to be uh pretty interesting pretty funny mm-hmm. why all right it's attitude yeah. error Theo, were you going to say something before we jumped into the air t- attitude era? No, you're good. Uh, okay. So before we jump into the attitude era, okay, I, I wanted to pull something up because I was interested to see like some other polls and stuff like this. Um, I found top 15 worst theme musics. So I want to say, I just want to, I want to go through these. I, see, I see hope if we Big agree. Show's on there and Goldberg because those two should be on there. <laughs> Well, just, just, just out of curiosity, uh, Jeremy, what's the source of this? The like Sportster. Okay. This is on the Sportster. Right. This is probably just some person. Uh, this was well, published. Well, that's fine. I was, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I was just curious as to where it was So just to give an every, uh, an, a timeline to, to everybody here as well as our everybody listening and watching, uh, this, is, this was by Marshall Roans uh, back in 2015. January of 2015. So this article is a little old, but read the list. So here's the list: Rey Mysterio's Booyaka Booyaka. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's that would no- be on my list too. That's number fifteen. I, I can I cannot <laughs> fucking stand that music. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, number fourteen is Alicia Fox's music. Okay, she's garbage, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't remember what it is. I, I don't even really remember it's what it sounds awesome, like. It's so. not even memorable. So that's and the good. sad thing is, it was produced by Jim Johnston. Okay, well he he for all his strikes, here's all his great ones. He's going to have a couple of bad ones. So. Yeah, he ha- and he has had some bad ones. Uh, number thirteen is Jeff Hardy's TNA theme music, similar creatures. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Don't yeah, know. No. Like, so. Uh, here we go. Oh my goodness. Uh, number 12 is Kung Fu Naki. <laughs> I, as, I, as, I, as I recall, they tried to make it sound kind of like, you know, everybody was Kung Fu fighting. Okay, so when you take a song that's kind of well known and is also in a lot of ways a bit of a novelty song, and yeah. then you try to do a knockoff version of that, no. Yes. Well, here here's a sample. Here's a sample of the lyrics, just so we can have reference. It's so bad. Oh shit! <laughs> it's oh oh 
Kung Fu Naki. Kung Fu Naki, yeah. <laughs> oh, continuing. It goes, gotta believe he wasn't born in Milwaukee. Kung Fu Naki. <laughs> he wasn't born in Milwaukee? What does that have to do with anything? That's horrible. As Ron Burgundy would say, what great reporting. Compelling and rich. Oh, here we go. Number 11, Caitlin. Uh, Music. Who cares? Don't, yeah. don't remember her music. Uh, number 10, Rob Conway's music. Oh, I loved Rob Conway's music. God damn it. I take offense that I don't remember his music. Well, the the sample lyrics, and I'm no singer, but it was uh, like, just, just look, look at me. me. Yeah. I think his was okay. So I wouldn't have. Ain't I a sight to see? I, I don't think I would have yeah. put his on the, the bottom. The whole damn world wants to look like me. <laughs> But they don't. Oh. So just look at me. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 love, I love Conway's music. So uh, number nine and AJ, I love this. The Bella Twins video. Yes, uh, package there. Oh, well, music. Joe, Joe, Joe doesn't like that. Uh, <laughs> he's that on the list, people. Yeah. <laughs> well, like which is the iconics on there too? That one deserves to be on the fucking worst fifteen too. Keep going, Jerry. Are, all right. Are you talking about a specific Bella Twins there? Or? Who cares? Um, not. Sh- let's see. Uh, it says uh, one. So the, the way he read it made it sound like there was multiple ones. But... No, there's not. It's just the just the one uh, before they broke up. Um, yeah. I, number I, I eight, Ted DiBiase Jr.'s music. Yeah. That's the one that like you know on Priceless. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, number yeah, seven, that, Right to Censor. They're, they're oh music. God. That's that's one that you could basically classify as just being like noise. Yes, yeah. yes. that was noise. Um, Rob Van Dam's TNA theme music. Don't know. Mm, I don't I remember the whole fucking show. Yeah, that's yeah. Whole... Right. that one. So, <laughs> oh man, come on now, guys, come on now. Disrespect <laughs> to Rob Van Dam. I don't know that uh, one. That one's not. I don't know if it's bottom fifteen worthy. So, so um. Number five, Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> that was that one. Her um, her music's terrible. Yeah, any any music that she's used for her by herself, I think, has been pretty awful. So, uh, Layla's music is number four. Don't remember what hers sounded like. Yeah, don't nope. matter. <laughs> uh, number three, Bastion Booger. Okay. There's like. None of these are even really that important. They're all like women that didn't matter and garbage people. Uh, I mean, number two, Isaac Bash- Yankum. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, Bastion Boogers was really just like the sound of somebody like blowing their nose, basically. And Isaac Yankums was just basically like the sound of like, like you know, a dentist drill. dentist drill. Yeah. And then uh, number one is X Factor. <laughs> so I, remember, I remember that being kind of weak, yeah. That wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm disappointed they put Rob Van Dam's team on there. That was a weak list. There was a lot of people on there that are irrelevant and didn't matter. So, yeah. We'll, we'll pull, I'll pull up another, I'll pull up another list for top 10, like uh, another top 10 or top 15 <sighs> bads. Like I have another list there. We'll go through that a little bit later. Okay. So, let's talk about the Attitude Era. Now, I love the Attitude Era. I, I think we got some of the best theme music yeah, out of the is, Attitude Era because the themes really, really fit the characters that they were is, for. There are two times where the music was on a whole nother level. This is the first time. 
So the, the other time is the last five or six years or whatever. So, but the music in the Attitude Era was arguably the best we got. No chance in hell, motherfucker. Yeah. I love the Slick Man's music. I love the no chance in hell shit. <laughs> I like listening I mean, we to got it. I don't know why. I just like it. We got DX. We got The Rock. So, uh, Triple H. I mean, we got so many Kurt Angle. We got so many ones that were like, I mean, I guess you could lapse over into the Ruthless Aggression era a little bit with Kurt Angle. But like, still, we got some of like some like iconic yeah. theme musics in this. The NWO. So yeah, I actually like the Broods theme music for some I reason. I like the Broods theme music also. Yeah, so, the Broods yeah, theme music was great. The, the Brood Gang Rally, yeah, there's awesome. I mean, the New Age Outlaws, they had good music. Jeremy segued with it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there was there there was some that kind of even started before the attitude era they carried over into the attitude era like gold dust and mankind which yeah. um, which i think worked pretty well too dude, dude dude loves music was was pretty good too yes it was mm-hmm. uh, you know that more than anybody on here darth pat <laughs> have mercy <laughs> randy orton's music was good too see i don't i don't like randy orton's either any of randy orton's music i don't like his i think his music is very overrated so I've... i don't like it I didn't like it when it changed to um, I hear voices. Yeah, yeah voices. I like I, I like the one I like the old stuff. I like the one that he used before voices better. Yes, but so the, the the voices the the whole the lyrics to voices fit the character better. The way that, that the character has been portrayed for the most of the last ten years or so. Is there any other ones yeah. from the Attitude Era? I just hit on the big ones. So, um, well, you know, you you mentioned the NWO. I mean, WCW they didn't have Jim Johnston. I mean, they did have Jimmy Hart right. working for them, but the problem is, is a lot of the stuff that they came up with in WCW was just stuff that no, it was were, were, it were was very memorable. Were, were, were well, they were also very obvious knockoffs of you know famous songs which is why you won't hear them on the network like you know ddp's music sounded like smells like teen spirit and chris jericho's music once he turned heel sounded like even flow um you know stuff like that the funny they thing still is gave like, us they still we still got the nwo music and the wolfpack music from them so yeah. like those two alone are i liked i liked the stings music well i actually you know, like the his original music. You know, the you know the man called Sting. I thought. Well, I liked good. his music before he turned into Crow Sting, and then it was done with me. So. Well, the, the, there was the music that I was thinking of that they like. That I think they probably first introduced at Starcade '97, which was a real kind of like creepy, ominous music. I, I I thought that was good, but then eventually they they switched it up to him like using that one Metallica song, which which I thought was fine, but it was like I didn't think it was as good um we got your theme music the big show well i like the original big show music when it when it first came out the big show i like that i'm gonna be yeah. honest it did i like I, 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 i've i like the dungeon of dooms theme better than any big show theme <laughs> <laughs> since he obviously used that when he was in the dungeon of doom so i mean uh um, yeah, I mean, WCW didn't have a lot of great ones. The funny thing Goldberg, is, although I think his entrance is terrible, but um, 
I go. I thought Goldberg's music was was decent. Um, it was alright. It was average. Yeah. Uh, when when the funny thing is, like you know, as you watch, like as I'm watching, like more like you know, old nitros because I'm following this one guy. It's like reliving the war show that he's doing, like basically every week, where he compares every week's Raw Nitro. They're up to the. Uh, they're they're up to the week right after the Bash at the Beach '96 now. So. Uh, you know, it's like yeah. Start. I actually start remembering what some of these themes sounded like, at least uh, um, the way that they're used on the network. Like I don't know if they were the original ones because, like I said, there's so many that have been dubbed over because they were they were too close. But the Blue Bloods had a theme which I really like for some reason. I don't know why. It's just it's just kind I mean, of fun. Is right? that when we got? Is that what we got? He's a man. The, the regal. Well, He's a man's so, man. Well, that, that's, when, that's, when, that's when he went to WWF the first time. So, yes. So no, that, that, the, was, that was bad. That was. The, the uh, song almost, almost sounds like, it almost sounds like some kind of American patriotic song. But you got to remember, like, no, this is a bunch of British aristocrats and Bobby Egan. Uh, <laughs> You know who was this, not exactly this. This, this we this is where Jim Johnson like became like the person. Like this is where he kind of like the Attitude Era kind of made him that guy who made well, I, the, the great yeah, theme music. And they they brought in like I th- that group that basically ended up being called like like the DX band. I think that just kind of helped because I think that maybe just kind of set him on some new paths because like i said like in the mid 90s there like i said there was like a lot of music which was just noise and you know we, i think we've mentioned a lot of them so there's really no need to be going back onto them but yeah they I think found a band the it, ex- it, go ahead sorry yeah. yeah it also it also just helped that you had stronger characters and stronger personalities to to work with and 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 off um Jericho's music break the walls down that's also an iconic yeah. theme yeah um, i like that one a lot Ed, Ed, Edge and Christian's music, I always yes. Edge and Christian's music was awesome. So well, you I say, just like Edge's music in general. I like Edge. I like Edge's singles music. You don't know I, yet. I like, yes, I like his music. <laughs> Used to be my ringtone, all right? Yeah, I'm not always an advocate for Edge, but I do like his music. So sure. you had mentioned uh, DX's band, the band that did DX's music. It's amazing how they were able to find a a band that sounded so much like Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, hmm. At first, I, mean, I, I really did think it was Rage Against the Machine, and I was like, oh no, that's not Rage Against the Machine. Never mind. <laughs> I, I I think you can always find imitators if you look hard enough. I mean, oh yeah, well yeah, for sure. I it's just funny that WWE did that. I know there's that group that goes around touring that like you know they, that imitates the Beatles, and they say that it, like they sound so much like the Beatles and shit like that. So I think you, and uh, this is kind of funny. I, I was I watched. You know Hell's Kitchen, and like on an episode that just aired like a week or two ago, they since they're filming in Vegas uh, this particular season, they brought in some band, uh, which is like a, like it's like an all covers band that has like a residency in Vegas, but supposedly they they can like perfectly imitate like almost like any like hair metal band. Hmm. I can't remember what they were called, but interesting. I remember like the part where they used them on the show. Like the lead singer was definitely screeching. It's like. Yeah, I can see where they could sound like any heavy metal band. So, the Generation X's music is one of my favorite like theme musics of all time. Like that would be in my top five. D- DX would probably be in my top five as well. I mean, that's it, it's 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 a music and and the way they did like the video for it too, like where you know like you know you all hear package. 
Yeah, yeah, like where you you hear like you know it starts off with like you know, like that so like like you know dun dun yeah, yeah. and everything, and like they're showing like the scenes of like cops running in the streets and shit like that and everything. It just creates like the perfect like atmosphere right off the bat. So you know, it's, and my um, my favorite rock music is his heel music with the helicopter. That's my favorite. I love that. Oh, rock. Hollywood, Hollywood heel I love rock. Hollywood rocks music. Ace Cook. The helicopter flying around, yeah. I mean, I remember the first night, Tim. I, I remember the first night that they used that that theme. I'm pretty sure it was No Way Out 2003 when he came back as a heel to to, to wrestle Hogan because I remember they started playing this thing, and I'm pretty sure. Well, no, I, I don't think I knew you guys yet then, but I, I definitely ordered that pay per view, and I'm pretty sure I was watching that with my dad, and we were just trying to figure out like. What the hell is this that they're playing? And then you hear his voice come on, and he starts coming out. I'm like, oh, they they redid his music so that it wouldn't be all happy and up tempo that people would be like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't shit. like that version at all. Oh, I thought it was great because again, they were like, hey, he's different now. He's a heel now. Like you know, you're supposed to boo him, so you change the music up like that. I mean, it's what they tried to do with Austin when he be when he turned to the Alliance. But it just didn't work with him. So. That didn't work out because no, because yeah. nobody, no, nobody wanted to boo Austin in two thousand one. People wanted to boo The Rock there in early two thousand three because I think they had already gotten tired of the fact that well, he's not committed to being a wrestler anymore. You know, so. So we, yes. we leak over into like ruthless aggression, and we got Brock Lesnar's music, and I still to this day like Brock Lesnar's music. I think his music's really good. So, and then we got. Mm. I'm eh Talk about somebody's that. music who hasn't changed. I don't think Brock's music has ever changed. No, his music years. hasn't changed either, but no. he also went away for eight years. So Yeah, like, but, he, but, even, but, he, but even so, it's like a, yeah. it didn't really change it one note. So. And we also, during Ruthless Aggression, we probably got my favorite theme music of all time, The Doctor of Thugonomics. That might be my single favorite like wrestling music of all time. So... I don't like seeing his know. music now, but his when he was the rapper, I liked everything that he was doing when he was the rapper. So I don't know. For me, it's always going to be hard to beat Christian's uh, first, uh, you know, music after he turned on Edge. I mean, I liked his music too. So the uh, the, uh, the, just, uh, the opera one. <laughs> Batista's so, music was pretty popular too. When a lot of people like Batista's music and his entrance because of the machine guns and so. So I have to. So I, I brought this up on, on on iTunes, and let's see if it's got the if it's the very beginning of the music or not. No, it's not. I I love the beginning of Basic Thugonomics. That with the like the I I don't even. It's not a. I don't even know how to describe it. I can't do it. I'm not going to even try and imitate the sound, but. Uh, he talks about making the Undertaker famous, like that's like he talks about making the Undertaker famous in that song. Yeah. So you think you're untouchable? Someone else whose music uh, I liked the theme music, and I also liked his entrance when he came out to the ring, and that was Mr. Anderson. Yes. I thought the music was awesome. I thought I loved the fact that they had the old school mic yes. drop from the ceiling, and he did a shtick. He's just an idiot, just, and it just you know we got that, it was a missed opportunity with him because he's that idiot. was some fabulous shit. That was I I really enjoy. I liked Mr. Anderson anyway, but yes. still like that all, was. I think we all liked him. So that was good. It was a good entrance. Good music. Good theme music to fit him. That was 
I really enjoyed it. I mean, he, he did the same thing in, you know, TNA with Mr. Kennedy, but it was pretty much the same. But that was that was some good stuff. That was like I, original. I just what find it you? interesting, Theo, is because he always said, hailing from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, that, that, I tried to ignore that part every time he said that. What, 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 what did you say his, uh, his entrance was uh, there, Theo? I don't remember the, the name of the song. No, what, what did you say it was? Like, how did you describe it? I thought it was fabulous. I believe I heard you say it was such good shit. I mean, it was. <laughs> I was waiting for him to go there with that. This, this one fits. That one actually was, yeah. was good yeah. shit. Did anybody did anybody mention Batista yet? I couldn't. Yeah. I, I did. Okay, yeah, sorry. Batista. I was looking up something for 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 us. The machine so, guns. Everybody likes so, the machine guns. Yes, and, and I. But I have to go back because we have to we have to goof on him just a little bit with his theme music because his machine guns with his arms. You know, it never matched up with the with the fireworks going off, and he always punched either early. Or late for the last cannon shot of fireworks like he was never on time like he could never get those things down on time no he didn't <laughs> well evolution's no. music was really good i liked evolution's music a lot you mean evolution yes you know someone else who kind of missed from the 80s and 90s is vader vader had pretty popular music that fit him too i liked vader's music it's uh, time band, but, it's you know, time well <laughs> Yeah, I actually thought Vader's WCW music was better than his WWF music. Correct. So did I. Uh, somebody, somebody else from, from WCW we missed then, uh, you know, Harlem Heat slash Booker T. Yeah, they had cool music. You, you think about stuff after the fact. Yeah, I mean, it's hard you know, to hit on everything. So I like the Hardys music, too. You know, when they're the tag team Hardys. Yeah, I like the original music. Hardys music, yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not necessarily a fan of their music, so... I I liked uh, Matt Hardy version one theme better than the Hardy Boys. Mm, I don't like too. I don't like Jeff's theme music like now. I never really liked Jeff's singles music. So yeah, his his theme music has always been very odd. I mean, it fits him because he's a very odd character, but it's just never. Yeah, I've never been able to get into his music. It's uh, awesome that I mean, even though. Back at this point, Mysterio wasn't doing the Booyaka bullshit yet, but like, I'm, that's awesome that his music was on that list because I I hate his I hate Booyaka so much. The kids, if you, if you gave a vote to the kids, the kids would probably put that in their top fifteen. Of list. course they would. <laughs> you know what else? Someone else's entrance. Um, the theme music wasn't wasn't bad. Um, but the entrance itself was cool. It was when Johnny Morrison was with them the first time. He would come out to the slow motion yes. stuff, and he would do his flaring, and then the fireworks would go off in the background. I thought that shit was cool. I mean, I, that, liked, that I awesome. liked his and I liked his music too. So they still do the slow motion stuff with him. They do the slow motion stuff with him when he comes out with the Miz. They still do do it. So, but back then it was. I feel like it was because it was so different. With, yeah, yes. it was different. It was done better per se or, or in a different way it was just really cool well and, and we can all agree with the mrs music has always been it's been pretty decent but i've never yeah. liked mrs music i've always thought i've always thought it was weak okay so i think i we got one week but is it me or 
does the Miz never ever actually get over? There was one time that I can remember him being over, and that was when he fought Cena. And ever since then, he's kind of been like, eh, floating he's always around floating there. around in the mid card. Yeah, he's floating um, like a he's like that turd that you can't flush unless you throw a pound of toilet paper on it. It's like, come on, go down the fucking the, toilet. The nugget, the nugget. <laughs> the thing about him is he has charisma. He can wrestle. He's dependable. And he's technically a company guy, if you really want to put it in that matter. He's a company he just, guy. He just has said he's not going to do all the high-flying shit. He's not doing any of that stuff because he wants no. to make his career longer, so he's not going to take any risks, really. So, right, hence, and, and I'm hence okay why with he's that. not money at the bank tomorrow. That makes all yeah. the sense in the world for him. And, and I'm okay with that. But he can't – but there's just something about his – him and his character and, and that it just never resonated with – me except- it hasn't evolved a whole lot i don't think his character has evolved a ton i think it's kind of been in the same Small. place and he's kind of been in limbo for like six or seven years at this point they they evolved the character when they did that last face turn with them and then i guess they felt like he didn't get over any to any like bigger extent than he had been so they felt like it had ran its course and what did they do they just put him right back to doing the same thing he had been doing before he turned face so so now we go ahead real real quick and i think his last costume like his last get up before his most recent stuff is he still wearing wearing the headbands yeah i I don't but it's like that shit reminds me of uh naruto like those like the the outfits from that tv from that cartoon series joe do you know that show oh, talking yeah. about with yeah. you know what talking about yeah i watched them. with their shinobi headbands i'm like what the fuck is he supposed to be is he a fucking ninja yeah. now <laughs> yeah it does remind me of that that you mentioned it in that way so like after yeah. like ruthless aggression and then we kind of bleed over into whatever that the john cena period is that's what we'll call the next eight oh, yeah, years we got cm punk we got cm punk's music well, yeah, that that the John Cena period. We'll say yeah. after Ruthless Aggression was the John Cena era. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we got, I mean, we got CM Punk's music. I mean, his original music. And then we got, you know, when he returned, he, we got the uh, culture uh, personality, culture personality music, which, you know, it, that's a song, which, you know, if you, if you like music and you enjoy music, you're probably going to like that song as a theme. No, his, music, too, so. that's, that's, I, his music's good. Like his music is, top 10 top 15 like all time type stuff so yeah and then we got uh yeah Dolph Ziggler yeah Dolph Ziggler I like Dolph yeah. Ziggler's music it's Dolph decent Ziggler's music. there's another guy that's so good and just <sighs> well, at this I like point it. now yeah. we just he got all those concussions thank you Jake Hager you fucker so yeah. he got concussions yeah. and it just worked against him like he got him at the worst possible time that concussion from Hager was the worst possible time for him to get a concussion. Right. So, no. And I, and I, yeah. And that fucked his career as far as being able to stay in the limelight for I, Vince. I thought he day, got those concussions from Jack Swagger. Huh? I thought he got those concussions from Jack Hager. Swagger. So I, because that's what he is now. Yeah. So yeah. Jake Jake Hager Hager. Now. I don't so, care what he was, what he is now. I only care what he was then. Well, because you don't he was watch never any good. How about that? He sucked <laughs> he all the time. Garbage always. I, I think he's a piece of shit. The best, so, the best his character was was he, when he was with, uh, um, who was his we mouthpiece? The people. Yeah, we the people, and it was who the hell was his mouthpiece? Um, damn it. Hatchman, 
Mantel. Yeah, Dutch Mantel. <laughs> who, who legitimately might have been a racist. He just uh, wasn't allowed to like say any racist comments on TV. <laughs> I, I still, to this day, think Dolph Ziggler's cashing is the best cashing like ever. So, like, I'm still, even though Seth Rollins was on a bigger stage. I'm still partial to Ziggler's cash, and I think that's my favorite Money in the Bank cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Bunch. What? No. Oh, oh, good. I'm trying. The Shield, we got the Shield before 2015, so like I think yeah. 2015 to present is kind of like the, the last period. So the Shield, their music is still good. I mean, Roman uses a hybrid of it now, so. Yeah. I mean, I liked – I liked Seth Rollins' music, original music. Now that he's the Messiah, I'm like, nah, and He whatever. went back to the burn it down, though. He just the, came the, back, and now he's back to the burn it down. So, okay. That's good. Yeah, that's good, because I like that theme music. I like the burn it down theme music. Uh, the Messiah music was fine when he was the Messiah. It fit, because that's what his character was. Now he's the – he's not the Messiah anymore. So that's not what right. he's pushing himself as. So, Well, that's good. Um, what else did we get? It's our, uh, no, I mean, we, we do have uh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, we have Daniel Bryan's music. That's that's yeah. not bad. Um, but we did get the Undisputed Errors music. No, we're that's like 2015. Oh, like, we're, we're I'm jumping ahead a little yet. bit. Yeah, <laughs> we're not quite there. I'm yet. going we're to not, present. I don't give a shit. I'm jumping here. Like, I'm jumping years. We're like starting to leak over into CFO territory because to me, CFO is the like Jim Johnson of like this decade. Like I, he's I made so many great. I want to hear music. about. I want to hear about your leakage, man. You keep that to yourself, all right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you got a problem with leakage. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. I, I work for. I guess. The Usos, maybe the Usos had. This was before the yeah. Uso Penitentiary. This is their music oh, before that. From so, day one ish. <laughs> yeah, I no. Think Uso, I think Uso Penitentiary is a is a CFO creation. So. Uso's original theme was cool. Yeah, man, just hard to just. But the other thing too is like that Cena era. There's a lot of guys who like came and came and gone. Yeah, at, so, at that yeah. too. Real quick. Yeah, we just like <laughs> here for a couple years and then gone. Some of them had some cool theme music, but I was like, I, I liked remember. um, what the hell was his name? Damn it, he won't want the money in the banks. Um, Damien Sandow, yes, Damien Sandow. Thank you. I liked his, I liked his <laughs> they, music. They wasted him so much, like, he was yeah. so good when he mimicked the Miz, he was so funny, and they just didn't They put the money in the bank on him and said, Whoops, we shouldn't have done that, yeah. He must have. He must have been one of those guys that did something stupid in the back, and they said, "Well, now you're screwed." <laughs> um, hey, is there he, any other ones from that time period that you can think of before we we leak over into present? There he goes leaking uh, again. I, I mean, I, I mentioned I mentioned Bray Wyatt already. Uh, I really can't think of too many more because the this particular era is to me an era where everybody's theme music started sounding way too similar. Um, to a, yeah, to an extent, there yeah. and there there wasn't as much individuality, there wasn't as much personality, uh, and I I feel I feel like this was because they they were starting to transition away from Jim Johnston, yes. to, and to CFO, but I think in in the process there they were just like picking up too many. Um, no, that middle. That middle in between those two guys was was a rough patch for them. Yeah, like like, like they were just like they're like generic 
what passes for alt rock band number 37 that's out there uh well yeah that's what i was gonna say a lot of it started to sound like just metal music like just metal riffs everybody had a metal riff write us us a song for mid carter number four you know (laughs) (laughs) that's that's i mean so like it it didn't it didn't matter who it was it was just like hey just come up with a song and we'll uh yeah okay All right, douchebag, this is your music. Go out to it. (laughs) So then NXT came along, and we got CFO, and CFO is the Jim Johnson. Like, he's the only person that you could argue that might be as good of or better producer than Jim Johnson because he's came out with so many. I don't know. You got maybe Pat and Jeremy don't know quite as many of CFO's songs because there's a lot of stuff from NXT. I don't even know who CFO was because – (laughs) <laughs> he is the guy that's made all these amazing musics that came out in the last five, six, seven years. Like other than the AEW stuff, there's a handful of AEW theme musics that are really good. Not a ton. There's a, a handful. So, but CFO is responsible for a lot of the really good theme musics like AJ Styles. That's CFO. So, mm-hmm. I mean, burn it down, right? Rollins and the, like that's CFO. So mm-hmm. Nakamura, Kevin Owens, Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Joe's Finn Balor. Those are all CFO got. Those, those are all CFO musics. So, yeah. From and I, I like Finn Balor's. Like Finn Balor's music, like with with the lights and you know the whole theatrics yeah. of it. It's just really well done. And when he, when he fits, dresses up like him, the demon, then. Yeah. So it just it fits his character very very well and and that because he's he like Nakamura is very kind of theatrical with his whole entrance yeah. too. So that's the whole Japanese thing. They learned that. Pat, over what were you gonna say, Pat? I was gonna say from something I was reading just a little while ago. Actually, it sounds as if they are they are or have moved away from CFO. Like they have. Example. They have. He's not the guy anymore. Yeah. So they're gonna. There's gonna be. There could be some struggles here because they've gone away from the guy that has made all these like Ricochet and Alistair Black and Io Shirai's Street Profits. I have all these ones written down because all these musics are so goddamn good. And he's gone now. (laughs) Where did he go? They just. They. They they, like whatever contract he had with them. He wanted too much money from like all his music and they said we're done so they're like like that's why they changed fat ass's music because it was a cfo thing so they changed it because they didn't want to give him rights the money anymore so they tried to change keith lee's music and it's it's worse than his other music so then they went back to like a hybrid of it but every time they play any of his the music he still gets a money from it so he gets royalties from it so like Nakamura and Owens and Undisputed, like Undisputed and Nakamura's and Bobby Roode's music too. Like those are probably three of the best musics I've heard in the last ten years. So <laughs> that music's awesome. Yeah. The glorious is cool. Finn's, <laughs> I like Finn Balor better as a heel, but as a, as a as an entrance, his entrance is better when he's a face. Like his entrance is way better because the crowd. I mean, we don't have a crowd right now, but the crowd participation in Finn Balor's entrance is. Pretty, yeah, pretty, you see how everybody's hands go up like yes. this, and you know, yeah. When he goes awesome. down and he comes back up at that certain spot, like in the theme music, yeah, that's that, that's cool stuff. If you've never seen the Takeover Brooklyn to Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance with the violin that night, is probably the best. Oh yeah, I've ever seen in my life. That that yeah, is that's probably really cool. the single greatest 
entrance I've ever seen. So that night. And Bobby Roode had a really good entrance that night. He was like on top of a mountaintop or whatever. They had amazing entrances. NXT has found a way to make their special entrances better than the crappy ones that WWE does at half their WrestleManias. <laughs> All right. So we, since we've been talking, you know, we've been talking theme music, we did 15 worst theme musics. Uh, so now I found a top 10 greatest theme musics. Oh boy. The, prob- the problem with that is, is a lot of it is like based on history and there's, it, it's, it doesn't really give credit to stuff that's, happened in the last five years i didn't right. look at a lot of those so, lists because well there are definitely we, musics that aren't on there that should be on there that are current yes and and we got to take it for what it is it's, a, it, it's everything is opinion based so we're just going to do it like we did with the other 15 and see which ones we kind of agree with you know because th- that's the fun part about this <laughs> no no fucking way um <laughs> so uh this was from 2019 um by javier Mello. Um, and he, it's a uh, full press coverage is uh, fullpresscoverage.com is where this list is found. And number 10 is uh, Viva La Raza with Eddie Guerrero. Which we, have, we didn't even talk about that. So I know his theme music. I loved his theme music. Yeah, I did too. Uh, number nine is Basic thump- Thugonomics. Okay. Yeah, let's see. Number eight, I don't want to let you. Um, I won't do what you tell me. Uh, Steve Austin's music, of course. Wow, that could have been higher. Uh, number seven, I walk alone. <laughs> okay. Not anymore, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, number six, are you ready? And of course, that's DX's music. Uh, number five is um, meddling us. Meddling us? Edge. Edge. Edge's music, yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to make sure I'm saying these right because he's actually got the actual song titles in here. Um, number four, you're going to love this one. Burn In My Light, which is Randy Orton's theme music from, I think, long time ago. Yeah. His original that's, music. That's the music I like. Yeah, that's, that's the one that I like, and I know AG didn't yeah. care for any of Randy Orton's music. Uh, number three, No More Words. Uh, Jeff Hardy's mu- music, which I um, I don't think that should ever be on there because I didn't like any. Three of and music. four can go. Uh, number two, break the walls down. Chris Jericho's music. Yeah. And of course, that. and this one I think can't be number one because I think it's bullshit because it's an actual freaking song, which is number one, Call to Personality, by In Living Color for CM Punk, which that shouldn't even be on a list because that it's only been it's used as a theme music it's not really theme music it's a fucking song so i disagree with number one on that list i mean I not don't because i don't dislike P- one, cm punk so. because i just think you can't put an actual song and say oh, okay because it was theme music for this guy I, counts i don't like hulk hogan and hulk hogan's song should be in the top 10 so i'll tell uh, you that I, right now <laughs> oh yeah no it and should the nw be. the nwo should be on that list too so those so, are two so that particular list we call bullshit on because there's a lot of things that are missing. Until you yes. got to the last like four, it got a little dicey that. Yeah. Because there was no history in that. He pretty much cherry picked everything from the attitude and aggression era. There was nothing from any, I don't think there was any music outside of those two errors on that list. So like I said, Hogan has to be on that list, whether I yeah. like him or not, Hogan has to be on the top 10. If Hogan's not on the top 10 list, I'm calling bullshit, and I don't even like Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
do we have anything else we'd like to talk to in regards to or talk about in regards to theme music? I'm going to go to Theo first. You got anything you'd like to add? Anything that we might have missed? It's uh, it sucks because I'll probably think of something later on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that's probably how it's going to go. Um, honestly, not that I can like legitimately think of, really. All right, so nothing from Theo. Darth Pat, yeah. anything else you wanted to throw out there? Any theme musics that we missed? Any points that you want to make? Anything at all? Well, if we have time, I got a stumper. Ooh, oh, a stumper. Right, well, I, can throw, I can ask something of Joe real quick, and then we can do the stumper. Okay, go ahead, AJ. I mean, you can answer this too, Jeremy or Pat. This is just more modern i'm asked i wanted to know what joe thinks the best when there's a crowd we're, we're playing we're, we're pretending there's a crowd joe who's got the best two entrances in wrestling right now if you could pick two people when there's a crowd wow because i think it's a two or three i think it's two or three people it, i think it's down and i've asked my other friends already I, I think it's down to two or three guys like i don't yeah i mean uh, if i'm thinking about a crowd and people that react to the music in either a boo this guy or cheer this guy cena's not currently wrestling so we're not involved yeah. in cena either, so i can say when seth rollins was a good guy his first run as a as a as a good guy uh the the face he got pops like crazy like and and and, we're, and he got booed really bad too. Like when he was when he was fresh uh, on his run as a heel and fresh on his run as a face. So I would say probably Seth Rollins would be one. Um, I was giving my top three. It's gonna okay. be Chris Jericho's new song. Yes, he's he's, Finn, a, he's one. Finn Balor and Shinsuke. Okay, I'll say I agree with you on two. I think Adam Cole has to go above shinsuke right now so i would put undisputed so but i the other two were my two joe so two out of the three were where i was going and see i don't know chris jericho's music and i don't i haven't seen an aw crowd so i can't use that so. his, his theme music is from his own band mm, oh well they forced the crowd to sing along with his music <laughs> I don't, I don't think they force the crowd. It's not a WWE event, so I don't think they're forcing the crowd. They're not on TV screens. I, I did find a very current top 25 list of theme songs that seems to be more relevant than... Um, All right. It's, so go with it's actually, it's pretty, Joe, it's, if, it's pretty Real decent. quick, Joe, if you went back three years ago, I would put Nakamura because the crowd was eating that shit up. Like, the crowd was singing the music. I've never seen the NXT crowd eat up an entrance more than Nakamura's. So I just think now. Oh, I mean, even still, I mean, they, he's by himself now. They just put that. The crowd wasn't really singing his music when he came out anymore, though. That That's kind of gone away. And it's because it's not well, the NXT crowd. So Well, that's, that's the problem. You're, you're comparing the NXT crowd to the social, the average social wrestling fan on the WWE main roster. It's not going to happen. Adam Cole will come up as a singles and they'll do it for a while and then that will No, I know. Up. I mean they did it to Bobby Roode. They ruined Bobby Roode too. So Yeah. That's just, that's the part that sucks. 
Okay, so Joe, you go can ahead real quick, Joe. Read that yeah. list, Joe. So twenty-five is demolition. Okay. Um, I saw this list already today. So twenty-four is Nation of Domination. Hmm. Twenty-three, they have Kane, which I mean, that's something that was pretty decent. New Age Outlaws, Finn Bowers, twenty-one, Bobby Roode's Glorious, twenty, Shinsuke's nineteen. Christian, I always forget about this one. Christian at last. That, that, That's the one Pat was talking about. Yeah, I forget about that one. Brood, Batista, Randy Orton, CM Punk's 14, Edge was 13, Brock's 12, Undertaker's 11, Chris Jericho's Break the Wolf Down to 10, Ultimate Warrior's 9, Brett Hitman Hart is 8. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is way too high on that list. So, Evan, I, 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 I think it's fine where it's at. Um, six is Hogan's. Vince McMahon is number five. The Rock's four. Know your role. DX is three. The game is number two. And Savage is one. Oh, Austin. Okay, that list Austin, is. Austin's usually one on most of these lists. It should, I mean, it, it should be. I, I don't, if Austin's not one or two, I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, no, that's a good list. Where'd you find that list, Joe? What's the name of the web? This is on um, 137pm.com. I saw that one okay. today. I looked at that okay. one today. Yeah, I didn't go to that one. I did see that one. I didn't bring that one up because it was 25. I was like, ah, eh, that's a longer list. Maybe we won't go with that one. Maybe I should have went right. with that one first. Pat, they do a got? lot of different stuff on here. All right, Pat. Darth Pat, give us a stumper. All right, so everybody, I think, knows that, you know, Real American is pretty much synonymous with Hulk Hogan. Yes. But did you know that was not originally Hulk Hogan's theme music? Yes. And did you know that it was originally meant for, and I think used, were somebody else? Ooh, that I didn't. And I don't know who Do you know who Real American was originally meant slash used Meant for slash used with. No, I don't. Music. I know I, I heard this, but I don't remember who they said it was supposed to be. I'm going to say Paul Orndorff. I don't know the answer. I'm going to guess Paul Orndorff. Okay. Hmm, Got to think of an 80s wrestler. Hmm. Mama, the, the, the Macho Man. Okay. I am I'm going to go with I remember hearing I can't remember though Uncle Elmer Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, No I I don't even have a guess I can't think of a wrestler that it would have that it would fit back in the 80s when Hogan first got that well, the one of the main reasons I know this is because many years ago, and I probably still have it on my computer somewhere, is I had, a, I had a download of the song directly from the wrestling album or whatever it was called, where in between the songs that were presented, you had these little skits between Vince McMahon, Gene Okerlund, and Jesse the Body Ventura. So after they play Real American, you hear Jesse Ventura's voice coming on saying, I can't believe that's for Wyndham and Rotundo. Derringer, you should have stayed yes. buried. It was I do remember that. that for the U.S. Express tag team of Barry Wyndham and future Erwin Arshister, Mike Rotundo. Hmm. Yep. 
Okay. And you got to admit that they probably made the right decision. They by certainly Wyndham. did. Wyndham and Rotundo would, would leave the, you know, the WWF and everything, but yeah, it, it definitely works much, much better for Hulk Hogan than it does for any I do, I do remember that clip now. Now. I do remember hearing that clip over and over, Pat. I've heard that clip multiple times, and it, I don't pay attention to lyrics, so that's why it just went <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this brings us to the end of our show, and AJ has got a really, really cool question. And what we would like from all our viewers that are catching us on YouTube, and if you're not catching us on YouTube, jump over to YouTube and leave a comment there to the question that AJ has. And AJ, your question is? So we're going to, we're going to play men in black and erase something here. So we're going to erase one match. You can erase one match. And obviously the goal here is for this to be a match that was memorable, not some terrible shitty match that you could erase. <laughs> the goal here is to pick something that you really, really enjoyed. So if you can erase one match, and go back and watch it again for the first time, not knowing anything about it, not knowing what happened, not knowing it even existed. What match would you pick? So we're going to let Darth Pat go first. You know, I thought about this question and I realized I don't think I've seen a whole hell of a lot of like truly great or memorable wrestling matches live. Okay, well, it doesn't have to be live. It just period right but but the whole thing is is like if you already kind of know what happens in the match you know without having seen it um you know it's like it just it, it takes away a little bit so it's like the first time i watched the hell in a cell match for example it's like you know, you're kind of anticipating all the big spots you're not just like watching it unfold so something like that would be a candidate but the, the one match that i would really want to go back and see because i'd just really be curious as to how i would react to it live in real time is the 96 bash at the beach match because leading up to that match, I had a sneaky suspicion Hogan could be the third man just because mm -hmm. of the fact that he hadn't, he hadn't been on TV for a couple of months at that point. Um, and I do kind of remember feeling like you know, he wasn't really being cheered as if this was like, you know, prime Hogan from WWF and everything. I froze, but, I froze so I didn't hear your answer. So, Bash oh, at the Beach uh, 96 Hogan match. Okay. Hogan interference. So, but it's like, again, so even though I have my suspicions that Hogan could be the third man, I think because I was still, you know, I, I, I knew wrestling wasn't real at that point, but I still didn't really know all enough about like the ins and outs of how things work backstage because we're still a little pre dirt sheet or, or, or pre internet, really, not pre dirt sheet, but pre internet. And I didn't get any dirt sheets. So, um, I just would really like to be watching that match live for the first time just to see how I would react to when Hogan drops the leg on Savage. Like, you know, would I, would I be shocked? Would I be mad? Would I be, would I, would I be one of the crying Hulkamaniacs? I mean, uh, <laughs> I would just be curious to I see how I would, I would just be curious to see how I would have uh, reacted to that in real time. So. I, I, I would really pick that more so than anything else. That's really cool to think of, that's a really good moment to go back and rewatch. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, oh, me. Okay. I know for, Jeremy's answer. Jeremy's answer is good. For for me, um, because I did see this match and, and I was just blown away by how good this match was um, when I saw it. So I'm going to kind of take Darth Pratt's uh, approach and be able to watch this live, like actually in person and see these guys go at it. For me, it was, 
and they wrestled a couple times and all the matches were fucking fantastic. They but were to go back and watch the very first when Ciampa turned bad and screwed over Johnny Gargano. And then they, then they had their first match where Ciampa's a heel and Gargano's the face. Like I would love to see that match happen again. Guys, be that, able to watch that live. He's a, he's a heel. That crowd that Ciampa had the greatest non-music entrance in wrestling history that night. The crowd, he comes out to no music and the crowd starts chanting asshole and you suck. And then at one point they're chanting, fuck you, Ciampa. It is so awesome because the that's the NXT crowd at its best that yes. night. And that's the one thing I remember from that match. And to be able to be there live for that no music and be like, what the hell is going on? And just start chanting with the crowd like that's that would be really cool. All right. Who's next? To pick. Oh, Theo's going next. All right, Theo. We're saving AJ. He's the best for last, I guess. No, I just, I, <laughs> it's my question. And I, I knew my answer two seconds after I saw the question. So, uh, so anyone wants to take a guess at what I'm going to pick? Oh, I know what you're, I, if you pick anything other than what I think you're picking, I'll be surprised. So uh, I'm thinking you're picking a warrior match. Huh? I'm thinking warrior he's match. picking money in the bank in Chicago. <laughs> no, okay. no. Ooh. I am picking WrestleMania 17, TLC Dulce. Oh. I, that my one, friend Jay, I, my uh, friend Jay actually picked that same match as you. Uh, that, AJ, the, the other one, the Money in Bank, I, you know, that, that, was, I, that was on my list too, but I've, I'm the tag team guy. I love tag mm-hmm. teams. And the first one was good, but the second one was, I think, a little bit better. And the spots in there were crazy. Uh, that was just a match. I, I, I watched that match the other day um, again, and just some of the shit that went down in that match, especially Party going off that twenty foot ladder <laughs> to the Dudleys. Oh, and him getting speared <laughs> off of the fucking belt, hanging from the belt. Yeah, it's just that uh, that was it, it was just a crazy ass. Now that's something that I would love. That's another scenario. Being there live to see all that shit go down. Absolutely. Erase that from my memory. Let me watch that. You know, live from the get-go. I would have been in awe of the whole match. Oh, that was yeah. great for me. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great match. I I definitely like the TLC two better than the TLC one yeah. because you had a you had an expectation. You're like, oh, these guys. Like, I remember what they did last year and at the TLC, and oh my god, it's gonna it's gonna be ten times better. Yeah. And, and they did disappoint. They, they did not they disappoint. Did no, definitely not. I uh, so, I was I was considering picking that one too. So Joe picked the second best ladder match ever. I'm going to oh. pick the best ladder match ever. It was also the same night as the Jeremy, the match Jeremy's talking about. And Joe knows what match I'm talking about because Joe is texting me during the course of this match. <laughs> I have, my phone has never been blown up like it was during the six man uh, NXT or North American championship match. The same night as at NXT takeover in new Orleans, that the TLC match was, was the best ladder match I had seen until that one, that night. Everything went right. Even Lars Sullivan did good in that match. And he was the person that kind of ruined that match. And everything about that match, all the spots were perfect. The entrances were perfect. That was Ricochet's first night. So the crowd was going ape shit for Ricochet. Adam Cole didn't do the Adam Cole baby at the beginning. 
because EC3 tried to make fun of him during the match doing it. And Adam Cole's like, no, 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 no. This is how you do it. So, and then he did it on top of the ladder after he won the match. So, and Sean and Joe, I got text messages from those guys the whole match. Like, I, it wasn't one, it wasn't two, it was ten. They were just blowing my phone up like, holy shit, this match is amazing. Holy shit. I would have liked to have been live in attendance for that match because that crowd was hype as fuck that night. We've already discussed the match Jeremy brought up. So two of the matches we picked were from the same pay-per-view. <laughs> so it's just, we just thought that that ladder's match, that ladder match, you know, having it was the best like singles man yes. ladder match. Yes. Because yes. I thought Lars was gonna screw that whole thing up. <laughs> Because I'm just like, oh, we have another big guy in a ladder match. It doesn't need to be in this ladder match. No. And he actually did good. So I was just like, oh, God, thank God he did something good for once. So everything, the, every person they had in there was fine. Um, even Lars, I guess. That was right. Day, that was he, the he best. Pulled up his, because they just, they, they just, it's like, it's weird, like, watching that match. Because I watched that match again. And it's weird because it's like, it's fast paced but I feel like the wrestlers in that match didn't go super fast to where you would have a screw up or a botch mm. or a like, semi botch. Ricochet's first thing he does in NXT is like jump up on the ropes and backflip onto people that is the first yeah. thing he does in his NXT career is two minutes into this match he does this amazing spot and the crowd is going ape shit and then there's another point in the match where he's falling off of a ladder and he flips onto people from falling. And the other thing about that match too is Ronaldo is amazing announcing that match. That might be the yeah. best announcing Ronaldo's ever done that whole night. Every match that night, Ronaldo's on top of it. And he's like, Ricochet turning a negative into a positive. And he's like, this person is the gift yeah. that keeps on giving. <laughs> so, he, he was good. That was, that was definitely his best announcing. So, that is a combination of the wrestlers, the match, the crowd, and the announcing. Like everything was on, on like just perfect for that. And Joe's right. That was the, that was the best singles ladders match. That's fair. And then yeah. you picked the best tag team ladder match. That's fair. So I mean, those money and banks have been you know really good too. But you know you still have those where they're going too fast or not paying attention and there's there's something that's botched or missed they or had the right people they had cole they had yeah. velveteen they had ricochet they had guys that were in their prime in this match so yeah. all right so that does bring us to the end of our show and we just want to once again thank everybody who's watching or listening however you are getting this particular podcast we thank you for staying with us to the end it has been great you got a little bit of history on theme musics uh you got to hear about um you know eras what what was good theme music in those eras how you know certain eras did not have good theme music uh got to hear some top 10 top 15 lists uh and our opinions on those people's picks of those lists which we didn't agree with some of it some of it we didn't some of it we did um but overall another great episode guys um and once again if you're wherever you're listening to this, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on some other kind of media streaming, go to YouTube and leave us a comment with the match that you would want to rewatch. If you could erase it and never know what happens, go back and watch it again and, and get a new reaction to it. That's what we want to leave a comment. But until then, we want to say good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and we'll catch you 
on the next episode.